Welcome back to the Ask Different Podcast. This is episode number 13, recorded September 21st, 2011. I'm Kyle Cronin. I'm Jason Salas. I'm Nathan Greenstein. And we have a special guest this week. She's a member of Stack Exchange's Mayhem team. Kyle, Kyle, chaos. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Yes, she's part of Stack Exchange's chaos team. Uh, Everyone, please welcome Abby Miller. Hi, everyone. Miss Valued Associate number 36 to the Stack Exchange team. Indeed. Was it 36? Yeah, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It was it's, a, it's a shame because my lucky number is 37, so I wish that I had been you know, a few hours slower in returning my offer letter, and then I <laughs> could have got, you know, hit gold there, but oh well. Couldn't you just swap with whoever's 37? You know, I wanted to, but he doesn't, he doesn't, it's Brett, and he doesn't seem to be uh, amenable to the idea. <laughs> I might just try to steal his... I don't know how I would steal it. Steal his t-shirt or something. Oh, do you get t-shirts? We just got them, actually. Uh, we just the, the rest of them just arrived today. We made like a, like baseball t-shirts because we have a, a budding <laughs> sports league in the office now. So they've all got our names and our employee, our valued associate numbers on the back of them. Awesome. Yeah, they're pretty great. Never heard that. Awesome. <laughs> so I guess the first question is, uh, what is chaos? <laughs> that's the first question and the most important question and the mo- most difficult question we have to answer i think we get it all the time and i've personally been working here for more than two months and i still don't really have a satisfactory answer to it that i can kind of just rattle off off the top of my head but basically we're an elite squad of random people that joel and alex hired off the street basically uh whose task whose goal in life whose whose raison d'etre is to um promote sites promote stack exchange sites bring new people into the stack exchange sites and make them more awesome that's actually pretty good i should i should have written that down good thing it's recording including french is that going to be the next site you're going to do this for (laughs) i might Uh, you know it's got a couple months to go before it's kind of on the plate of things that we will uh sites that we'll be looking at but i will definitely volunteer i've seen you do have activity on the french site you seem to be a french speaker I uh, studied it for a long time in school, so I'm not I'm not by any means a, a fluent speaker or a native speaker or anything like that. But it's you know it was my middle school language and my French language when you had the requirement and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. So you were assigned Ask Different, or uh, yeah, I'm 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 now thinking I'm trying to think back to all those many very many two months ago when I first uh, signed on board. I think it was I think it was kind of handed down to me on high. What we, what we did first, the first thing we did when there were only three people on our chaos team was we, uh, we did something called competitive analysis of all of our different sites. We each did like 10 of them and we just made scorecards comparing the Stack Exchange site, whichever one it was, comparing its position in the internet with regard to other forums or blogs or things like other places where people talk about that topic. So Apple was one of the one of the ones that I did. Uh, and so since it was on my list of kind of sites that I'd been exploring already a little bit, Got it. Got handed to me, and then the rest was history. I'm actually curious. Uh, what were your findings with that sort of comparison? Ooh, maybe I can bring it up here. Do do do. Where do I even keep these? It's been so long. <laughs> they are on the Trello board. Alex in the background says to look at the Trello, Trello board. The mysterious Trello board where we were in chat dissecting the uh, the picture that we had uh, that that Joel took for his TV interview or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, it was a picture of Joel, but yeah. <laughs> he didn't take that picture. I'd been very impressed. Uh, right. Uh, yes. The what? Don't all stock exchange employees have Jedi mind powers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it for the job? Here we go. Oh, you know what? I um completely lied to you guys. 
I didn't do the Apple scorecard at all. Ooh. It was my excellent coworker Brett who covered the Apple scorecard. I actually did the Android one, which was fun because I am not an Android user and I know virtually nothing about that space on the internet. But I'm pulling up Brett's work here. Obviously, the very first the very first support forum that he found was the Apple support forum. He, in his words, he said, "Apple's own support forum is a juggernaut." I only analyzed the iPhone forum, and its activity outnumbers the rest of the entries combined. Uh, so what we did was we found the the top five um, competitors or things doing similar type conversations on the internet, and we we ranked Apple Stack Exchange, as it's called here. I know that you're grinding your teeth. <laughs> so Apple is number four out of the six total, including us, different uh, on this list, with its 18 questions per day and 87% answer rate, or that's what they were at the time of the study, at the time the study was being conducted. Do you know approximately when that was? This was... Oh, see here, now that I've opened the document, it says it was done today. But it, it would have been probably the third or fourth week of July. That was right around Lion's launch, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a few weeks beforehand. I think it was kind of right before that, that push that we had. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, we got, we got a significant bump in uh, mm-hmm. traffic and activity, starting sort of with the Lion launch and then just sort of continuing on from there. Yeah, it would actually, it would be very, it would be interesting to recon, reconduct this little study when we were teaching the rest, the new Chaos members, how to do this, we told them it was much more of a of an art than a science because what we basically did was um, we took 10 questions that we felt were representative of the general activities on Ask Different, uh, and we just kind of, the method was to try to solve them on the internet. So to just use the search terms that you would use to try and solve this problem or answer this question and see how quickly the Ask Different answer comes up or the question comes up, you know, how high in the Google results is it? How easy is it? Is it to find it? Do you have to use really oddly specific search terms? Or if you just Google iPhone shutting down, will you find it or something like that? And then we kind of, we ranked those 10 questions. If they're a win or a lose or a tie compared to the rest of the internet, Ask Different came in with a 6-2-2 win-lose-tie ratio, which is very good, actually. Uh, so that's good news there too. But it would be very interesting now that, now that we've had this spike and that's, it's continued to, um, to bring in traffic and stuff for us be interesting to reconduct yeah i also think that uh, i'm not sure which questions you picked but if you if you pick questions about products that had just been launched then i think you might actually find that we might even do even better because i know that when apple launched the mac app store we had just a bunch of questions come on the site from people that there weren't any details about the in the Mac App Store yet, but people were, were asking them anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually they got answers. But in the meantime, people looking for them on Google were able to find it, and and it it got some some very good rankings. And in the moderator tools, you know, you can sort of see the search terms that people are searching to find, like what what people search for, and they land on Ask Different. And I, I notice a lot of Mac App Store stuff even today. Hmm. Yeah, I remember one of my first big forays in the Stack Exchange when I really uh, jumped into the gaming Stack Exchange site that uh, somebody had asked a particular question about a game and I, I, knowing the game and having a base of information, I searched for it and of all uh, of the first page results, that very question was already up there in the results. Um, so something that can just drive the, the, the SEO on the, Stack, on the Stack Exchange network is unreal. I've had users talk to me and chat about how they've been They've, they've seen a question that they want to answer, and so they've done some, some research. And so when they Google the question, the first result is the question they're trying to answer. <laughs> Even when it doesn't have an answer. Yeah, that's, that's something that we found too. But um, the, the way that we measured kind of a win or a loss or a tie, is uh, it, it also involved the quality of the answer. So we were, we were coming at it from the perspective of someone who, who needed this answer and didn't have it. 
So if we were if we were gauging if we were running this test and we googled you know iPhone shutting down problem or whatever it is and our answer came up or our our page came up you know our question came up and then it didn't have an answer I think that I don't remember if that was a tie or a loss um, you know if it had a good position but no answer so we we were kind of judging whether or not it had an answer that was included in the metric so that may account for more losses than we actually have I think. And this is why answers with quoted content instead of just a link is the preferred method of answering on Stack Exchange. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, you have to be careful about quoting content uh, if it's copyrighted. Um, it it can get tricky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Summarized uh, content. Right. Exactly. So fair use. Yeah. So so there was the sort of analysis. Was the analysis done for all Stack Exchange sites, or was it just a select few sites? Oh boy, we did the analysis for. I want to say. Not all of the sites, but we did at least 30, 35 of them. Okay. So probably probably all, all the launched ones and then even more of the active betas as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was the other way around. I think it was all of the active betas and then a lot of the launched ones. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I, I suppose you don't really need to check to see if Stack Overflow is uh, <laughs> is, the, is effective. <laughs> we, did, we did gaming and... And all of that, but we also did gardening, and we did uh, board and card games, and you know a lot of the little ones just to kind of see where they stand. And so we were actually one of the first sites that was selected for additional chaos help. I'm just curious, uh, was there uh, was it just sort of random, or were there criteria that were used to determine that uh, we were sort of in in most need of help? It's actually there's there's a the only. Real criterion that I'm aware of is we work with sites that are more than 60 days old. I almost said 60 years old, and that's... <laughs> uh, we that would be difficult. With, with sites that are more than 60 days old, um, because when they're younger than 60 days old, they're so small that they have you know they have hardly any position, and they're still figuring out what they want to be, and so it's difficult to promote a site that doesn't really even know who it is yet. Sort of like, I don't know, interviewing a nine-year-old for a, a position or something like that. I don't really know where the metaphor was going. So that was the, the, the pool of sites comes from sites that are more than 60 days old and are not Stack Overflow, basically. So we did one, another one that was in the first round was gaming, which is a very big, it's the fifth most, the fifth most uh, traffic-y site on the network. It's, it's healthy by any metric, really. Um, but it was one of the first sites as well in the first round to get a chaos agent. So getting a chaos agent is not really a, an indicator of health, in a good or a bad way. You know, it's not like, oh, you guys are really failing. You need a chaos agent to try to bring you new people and help you out. Or you guys are doing really well. Now you deserve a chaos agent. It's kind of just, since we're a brand new team trying to figure out what we're doing, I think we've been assigned a range of sites to um, to see what works and what doesn't work and try to develop a system, if that makes sense. Well, it does. <laughs> uh, so you are actually assigned our site, which is why we are talking to you. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... I asked you this earlier, but I just want you to sort of reiterate uh, exactly how you were chosen or you chose Ask Different as the site you were going to work on. I think um, I think Ask Different really chose me. You know, uh, it's corny to say, but it was it was on the plate sort of of the first few sites that we were going down, and um, I think there were a few others, and somebody claimed one of them, and the ones that were left were like Ask Different and gaming and something else that I didn't know anything about. Um, and so Brett and I looked at each other, Brett who has gaming, and I said, well, I could do Apple or I could do gaming. That would be fine. And Brett said, I'll do gaming. And so it sort of fell to me. I see. Yeah. It's kind of like in, uh, in in middle school where they get the team captains and eventually they, oh, I, I take this person, I take this person. <laughs> and eventually, you know, whoever's left at the end of the line gets stuck with, the, you know, whoever whoever needs a person. 
Yeah, exactly. Except uh, in this in this case, there were two different sites that I was interested in and would have liked to do. So it's sort of like I um like in dodgeball, if they picked if they left the last two good kids to be picked last or something like that, you know. So right, not not the wimpy ones that nobody wants to hang out with. But it, it seemed it seemed to be a very good fit. I mean, you are actually a, an Apple user. You have a Mac. You have a a time capsule. I don't know. Do you have an iPhone? I do. Yeah. So you're fully entrenched in the ecosystem. I sure am. Yeah, it's a it's a, a good fit in that regard, definitely. And I have lots of questions about how to use these fancy devices of mine, so it's great. So the 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 work you did on the site was mostly editing, right? We started when we first started. Um, this is a method that we don't really use anymore because it was really kind of tedious and terrible. Um, but when we first began, we did a. Uh, a cleanup, a massive cleanup push on each of the sites we were working with. We edited or looked at and then chose whether or not to edit the titles of the 1,000 most popular questions on the site. So we basically just had spreadsheets of our questions and we spent about four days doing nothing but kind of clicking through them and saying, okay, is this title a question? Does this title have all the keywords that it needs? Does this title ask what the question asks? You know, so it, it does it say more than just iPhone problem or does it say iPhone problem, but then you get in there and the question's really about an iPad problem or something like that. Just kind of gauging whether or not the question was a good representative of the question. Uh, and that took forever and it was really terrible. So we don't really <laughs> do that anymore on the new sites that we picked up. So was the goal there to be search engine friendly or user friendly or both? Uh, a little bit of both, but mainly um, since Chaos's goal is to bring new people onto the site, we want to have uh, a pretty site for them to come onto, um, which is sort of, that's that's our new philosophy now. Uh, I've also picked up game development as my site, and what we do, we're in maintenance mode in terms of title cleanup. We kind of just go through, we look at the front page, make sure that things that are on the front page make sense. We look at the greatest, hit, greatest hits que- question, make sure the front page of greatest hits makes sense, looks pretty, so that a new person coming into the site will say, okay, here are some intelligent people that know how to write incomplete sentences and are not going to, you know, just not answer my question satisfactorily if nothing else your big editing spree caused a pretty good waterfall effect because quite often in the chat in our uh, ask different chat room there on stack exchange a lot of people are conversing about if they can't come up with a better title they bounce some ideas off or just completely throw the idea off to someone else and there's a there's a pretty healthy amount of collaboration in the last month that's great you know i hadn't heard that but that's very excellent to hear and i think a lot of the moderators and and the top users too have kind of taken it upon themselves to do that if you see something called iphone problem it's like spam you gotta fix it you gotta yeah you gotta you gotta talk about that a little bit we've seen that among the moderators on almost all of the sites even the ones that don't have a chaos agent they're saying you know a how can i get one or b how can i do the things that the chaos people are doing you know how can i kind of start this and one of the first things we say is take it upon yourself to you know sweep your floor a little bit make it make your site a little more presentable to other people when they come in it means they're going to stick a little better we hope do you have any uh numbers on uh, how well that that may have worked? Oh, that's a good question. I don't have any of them on me. I have access to the same moderator analytics that you guys have. Uh, so I don't really have any any numbers on it, but what I what my hope would be is that it um it would sort of take care or start to take care of the 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 bounce rate statistics, you know, if somebody comes in and says, uh, what is this? What is this site? What is this thing that I'm looking at? And they're just, they click away and they get distracted because they don't understand the questions on the, on the homepage or on the top questions page or wherever they end up. So our goal is to make that friendly and hopefully the, the new, the new visits or the new users that we are getting will come in and say, Oh, this makes sense to me. I'm going to stay. I like this cool beans. And then, you know, be ours forever. 
yeah, which we really attribute that kind of quality to people like Wheat Williams and um, the other user's name, who I feel terrible for forgetting. I think it might be Samuel that hangs around in chat that has come around as a part of a lot of the promotion and uh, paid sponsorships, sponsorships and advertisements that Stack Exchange has been doing for our site. Mm-hmm. Well, their site, our site, collectively, community, you know. The site, our site. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, the ownership of the site is, is kind of awkward because, I mean... It sort of feels like our site, but then you you realize that it's actually something the Stack Exchange owns, and <laughs> and so you know when when Stack Exchange has like a you know a featured or a promotion, and we're like, oh, thank you, Stack Exchange, and then I'm like, well, I mean, it's their site, so <laughs> it's it's just there. It's like it's like thanking someone for washing their own car or something. <laughs> thank you for washing this your car. <laughs> oh, it's it is a very different situation because when. Joel Spolsky comes onto the site and asks a question that everybody, you know, dives in head first to try to start to resolve the the VPN perpetually disconnecting question he asked about like three months ago. That's different. I mean, he's not he's not claiming any special privilege, but because he is who he is, everybody came in, and that that question alone is a a beautiful resource for diagnosing like any other VPN problem that could possibly happen. It's VPN Bible now, basically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's it's interesting. That's something we encounter here too, because they say we say chaos. Uh, our our focus is eighty percent external and twenty percent internal, meaning eighty percent of the things we do are are facing sites that are not our own, either doing sponsorships or meeting with user groups or things like that. And then twenty percent of the time, we also focus on things within the community, like me coming here and talking to you guys, or the edits that we do, or conference sponsorships or things like that. Um, so it. it we kind of get a sense of this is my site because it's the one that I'm going to promote. And this is my site because I work here and, and, you know, this is my job, but it's also, since we, uh, we do things with you guys and for you guys, it sort of feels like this is my site because I have to be, you know, I'm, I'm by default sort of a part of this community. Uh, and it really is community owned. I think there's a huge in this office and in this company, there's a, a very large focus on the idea that these sites are are owned by their communities even the content you know we technically don't own the content that is created here it's owned by everyone you know it's 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 creative commons and it's 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 not ours that is one of the really surprising things about stack exchange and one of the things i really like it's virtually unprecedented i mean i can i can't think of another company on the internet that basically just gives away the crown jewels the core data of the, of the service that says we would like you to use our sites but this content is not we're not holding this content hostage and if you want to get access to this it's freely available in a in a BitTorrent download and you can use it for whatever you want as long as you give us certain um attribution uh that's all sort of spelled out in the BitTorrent. I just think that's unprecedented for for an actual profit-seeking company to do that. It's kind of amazing to see a, a a company that that gets it, that gets the internet, and I guess that's what happens when you have you know, Joel is probably the one guy who who gets the internet if if it's got to be someone. So it is. It's it's refreshing to see that definitely. Yeah. So did you want to talk a little bit about your sort of eighty percent uh, external promotion for the site? Sure. I mean, um, it's 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 the metric that we go by because when we first started, there's a little bit of I won't say butting heads. There was never any animosity or anything like that. But we had to kind of shift around and and reconfigure to figure out how the chaos team and the community team interact with each other. The community team, which I'm sure all of you guys know, being the team whose job they say that their job is navel gazing, but really what they do is just uh, interact, interface, interact, whatever you want to call it, with the communities and be kind of the bridge between 
the people who actually use the sites and the people who actually make the sites. Um, so we, we sort of had to deal with that a little bit, and then we uh, settled on this 80-20 ratio. I don't actually have a way of measuring whether or not it's actually accurate. But So our 80% is the things we do, like, for example, uh, sponsorship of RSS feeds, like we've been doing re- recently, or a little thing that I'm cooking up that we have in the works, uh, wherein we're going to try to do an iPhone 5 giveaway if and when it's announced next month. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try and partner with some some blog. I haven't decided which one uh, to try and get some eyeballs on our site and also get our name out there and uh, get a new iPhone into someone's hands. Not often you get to say this, but you heard it here first. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and please, when you do the promotion, please, it's ask space different. <laughs> you know, every, everything I've done so far i've i've mentioned that you know when i when i was working with dave caolo for his 52 tiger.net sponsorship i sent him an extra email saying i'm not sure if i mentioned this to you but the name of the site is ask space different i didn't write space but ask different i put it in quotes with the space and then his his little his first little blurb went up the next two days or so and it said ask different no space and i said oh somewhere somewhere kyle cronin is his <laughs> bashing at the desk right <laughs> It's better than Apple Stack Exchange, but, sure <laughs> but not much. Sure <laughs> oh, I think it's a lot better. It is a lot better. You're right. Yeah, um, but it's still, um, I know there was a, there was a lot of sort of ambiguity in, in the initial days of uh, Stack Overflow and Stack Exchange. You know whether or not there was the space, and they settled on the convention that there is a space between Stack and Overflow and Stack and Exchange, and sort of I, I just sort of continued that with Ask Different. You know, there's there's still a lot of I see even from people that work here. I see a lot of Stack Exchange with no space. I think uh, Joel does that. I think he does too, and it, it drives me batty, absolutely bonkers. But you know, what am I going to say to him? Right. <laughs> yeah. Also, you mentioned um, so, something about being the liaison between the community and the company, and I have to say that in my personal experience, it's been much easier to sort of communicate to the company through you than through any of the other community managers. I mean, literally, we d- we don't see them around unless there's a problem, and there's usually never a problem. Right. But it's just sort of, I realize they have a lot on their plate, but at the same time, it was really nice to actually sort of have your focus on the site, have you editing questions, have you in the chat room, and if we wanted to, we could send you an email, and you would you would reply, and you you it, it was just, it, it, it felt like, with you as opposed to any of the, these other community managers, uh, we were actually getting attention. I think there are I think there are two reasons for that. One of them is sort of minor, and one of them is a little more significant. I think the the minor one is that the chaos team we all sit here in the New York office together, um, so we're kind of all we're kind of we're, we're almost we're, we're not we're not a hive mind. I won't say that because they'll listen to this and say no, we're all separate people because that's you know <laughs> something that we've talked about in the past. But we do all sit here. We're always talking about the sites and thinking about the sites. Whereas the community team are all remote employees, um, so they're remote from each other and remote from the main uh, mothership office a little bit. So I think that they tend to to uh, move less en masse a little bit. Uh, but the main reason for that, I think, is because chaos team members are assigned sites. I work with Ask Different and with game development. Uh, my coworker Brett works with gaming and sci-fi. You know, we always we have our two sites and those are that's our purview. You know, we don't have to deal with anything else. Whereas each member of the community team, I'm not sure how exactly they're organized, but they're all kind of always looking at all the sites. I know our, our most recent hire on the community team, Chris, um, Grace Note, you've probably seen her on the site, uh, constantly flicks through every single meta of every single site that we have. So you ask a meta 
question and he's looking at it instantly you know he, within 30 seconds if you say oh can you add this tag for me or something he's got it he's done it's amazing but i think that that is what kind of it, it means that they don't they've got their fingers in so many pots that they don't really take a lot of time or they can't really take a lot of time to really focus on one specific site so their presence is felt more than seen exactly yes well i would say that it's barely felt it was just frustrating, mainly for me, it's just frustrating that, you know, we had an a-, a really active moderator on our site, Dory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she was she was really good. And once Stack Exchange hired her, she was just gone. And I mentioned it, I think, on the show with Jin, but it's just, it, it seems to me that all too often uh, what happens is some people, some person from the community sort of like recognized, oh, you know, this is someone that we want to hire. Then they hire them, and then they're promptly taken away from where they were successful and thriving, and then you know put somewhere else on the, on the site. I mean, I've seen Dory active a lot on uh, Area Fifty One, but I mean, you look and she's just not really present on on Ask Different to the extent that that she once was, and it's it's just sort of disappointing. That's all. It is a little, yeah. Um, I mean, she she is hopping around from site to site, kind of kind of putting out fires because we do have problem community members who like to troll and cause trouble and you know they get banned and then they come back and they keep causing their trouble and it's just kind of something that the community team is is always dealing with there are uh, what, six or seven of them on the community team i'm not even sure um, and we have 64 sites i think now is is the count uh so they they have a lot on their plates and it's difficult for them to to kind of focus on any one site i think which is a shame because I, I do know that Dory was, was sort of a, not to call her a super user, but she was a super user on Ask Different, if that makes sense. Uh, and Pro so, tempore moderator for a reason. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, and so it is sort of a shame that we have to take awesome people and make them go put their awesome somewhere else. But I guess it happened. And I, I think she's still doing stuff for the site. Like um, there's a, uh, a sponsorship of a Mac Expo in California. Mm-hmm. Did you find out more about that? Was she sort of the... the the person behind that? I did. Yeah. I actually, uh, I had a, a Skype call with Dory earlier this evening, um, in which we talked about some other things. And then also uh, I finally found out that yes, she, she was behind that sponsorship. It's, it's basically one of the few, uh, regional user groups that still, that still holds a conference and it's totally free to attend, which is also cool. But she is sort of plugged into that community and she goes to it often. She said she was bummed that she wasn't speaking at it this year. So she was, she was behind that, that sponsorship for us. Okay, we should just clarify, uh, what exactly is that sponsorship? Uh, as far as I can tell, she hasn't sent me the details on it, but as far as I can tell, um, it's basically just we get our logo on a lot of their materials and we're on their sponsorship page and their sidebar. Uh, I'm not sure we're setting up a booth or anything at that conference, although I'm sure Dory will be on hand to hand out T-shirts and pens and stuff. Do you remember what the, the conference's name was? I'm looking for it right now. I think it's just Matt Computer Expo. North Coast, uh, yeah, Mac Computer Expo, sponsored by the North Coast Mac Users Group, North Coast of yes. California. Yeah. So if you're going to that, say hi to Dory for us. Look for Dory. She might have some stuff for you. I, I, yeah. I, I can't guarantee anything, but I would hope so. Yeah, the uh, the top user the top user goodies started making their way out over the past couple of weeks. And uh, liking the stickers, need to find a, a good, appropriate place to put it on something. And then, obviously, the... Uh, shirt came in and i will we'll we'll have to have a big uh a big ask ask different podcast ask different t-shirt day 
<laughs> the height of our excitement in this recording, I know. I think that's one Although, of the hardest decisions to make is when you get a new sticker and you have to decide where you're going to put it. Something that you're not going to lose, but something that's going to be seen, but something that you want to put stickers on. It's difficult. Yeah. It's tough when you get only one of the sticker. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was, I was, I've sent a few Stack Exchange stickers, but I only have one Ask Difference. So I'm like, oh, but I don't want to waste it. Where, where am I going to put this? <laughs> so have you decided? I have not. I honestly, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe my car. Mm. I actually stuck a Stack Overflow sticker on their back when they were first distributed. I believe it was like two years ago, and it's still on there. It's a little faded, but it's still still going strong. Well, I've got so. a mess of them here in the office, so let me know if you need a replacement. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, we have uh, we have apples and uh, the the apples the chip with Apple products uh, in both of our the little mini windows from the back seat, and I could uh, I could see googaning one of them out and replacing it with the Ask Different sticker. Mm-hmm. Be very relevant to me. Definitely. I'm thinking the back of my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Just until I have you a get stack, a car. I have a Stack Overflow sticker on the back of my uh, old MacBook, um, but I don't I don't really want to stick something on my MacBook Pro. Um, just because it's it's metal versus plastic, and I don't know. There's a there's a good side to those old plastic MacBooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So this is sort of touching on another aspect of the Chaos Team, which is uh, interacting with the community and sort of uh, like community promotions. Basically, the other twenty percent. So do you want to just sort of explain a little bit about what you do with that? Sure. I mean, um, like I said before, the community team is often so wrapped up in kind of putting out fires and they bounce from site to site and they can't really focus. So if if we're working with a site and we have an idea uh, that we want to do and it's not necessarily outward facing, we have we have their their blessing to kind of go ahead and do it. We, we include the community team in the planning if they want to be included or be involved. But if not, we can just kind of go ahead with it. An example that I have, uh, let's see, off the top of my head of that is, here's a good one. Uh, it's not Apple related, unfortunately. It's actually for my other child, game development. But there is a there is a user on game development whose name is Attacking Hobo, H O B O, who had an idea for doing a uh, game jam competition with judges from game development and from gaming. So that's something that is it's something that needs to be organized. We're going to donate prizes. You know, it's something that's going to have a certain amount. You know, we need a certain amount of infrastructure almost to make that happen. And it's almost totally internal facing. You know, we're not really going to promote it outside the sites. It's just something for our users to have fun with. But since the community team is kind of stretched pretty thin and it's something that we have uh, on the chaos team, we have budget for it. We have time for it. We have, you know, we're working with these sites anyway. We're just going to kind of make it happen just for, for fun. And maybe it will draw a couple of users in once they hear, oh, here's this other, you know, I don't have enough game jams in my life. There are only 7,000 that I could go to. Maybe I'll go to this <laughs> one. instead. Would you count the... Uh beta test matchmaking service that you're working with uh with with ask different and i think android and a few of the other sites that are either users of a platform or developers for a platform is that in the in the 20 percent or the 80 percent that's in the that's in the 20 percent. i think what we're kind of doing with that it's it's sort of stagnated at the moment which is almost entirely my fault just because i've been working on other things and it's it's still matching up by hand you know me in a google document emailing people saying here work on this but the the eventual goal with that if it proves to be something useful and something that people want is to uh make it more of a polished product you know a thing that you can sign up for and it's not just me in a google document at which point it will become more of an outward facing 
thing. Um, if we if it's something we can advertise, saying here, if you come here and you have a certain amount of reputation, you're a certain level of user, you get free beta testers for whatever you're doing. You know, that could be something that we could promote really conveniently uh, if it if it becomes a thing. You know, a thing with a capital T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you thought about at all about? Uh, I mean, I don't know what sort of response you've received, but uh, what sort of perks you'd offer the people that are doing the testing? You know, we haven't really given any thought to that. Uh, we've had a couple of, of developers who have come in and said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna pay our testers, and we had to have a have a conversation about that. You know, is, is are we gonna be involved in that, or do we do we care if they pay them or not? Um, and so right now, people who sign up are doing it for the love of testing, or because they want to test a new cool thing. But I'm sure that we could we could have a badge or or or, or something something cool that would be involved definitely. Developers pay testers. Where where did I miss out on this? I have like <laughs> three or four in my uh, test flight list. That man missing the boat. Seriously, it was a it was not a, not a Mac or iOS developer who. Oh was well, a, never mind. Yeah, no no one you guys would want to talk to. <laughs> Well, the thing is, when you're developing for other p- platforms, you do have to pay your testers because no one actually wants to use your stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wicked! <laughs> Very good. Uh, so, uh, you mentioned the uh, the iPhone five giveaway. Are there, is there anything else in the pipeline? Ooh, let me look at my handy dandy Trello board. Plug for Trello. Plug, plug for Trello. Plug for Trello. We use Trello for the podcast. Excellent. Bit, yeah, as well. You should. Well, the the thing is, initially when I saw Trello, I'm like, I don't understand this at all. This does not. I, this it makes a good demo, but I don't really get it. And then I realized that you don't actually have to use it for like its exact intended demoed use. It's just it's just a list. And mm-hmm. so you know, for example, we when we don't have guests on, and actually even when we do, we have like lists like things that we we would like to talk about. And then, but it's perfect. We can just sort of drag things from a potential topics list to a oh podcast number x list and we can even reorder it it's great it is and separate to-do lists where we've got fix blah 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 with wordpress and then we can assign nathan to do that or whatever i think it's, that was actually uh, the first words or the first series of words out of joel's mouth when he op- when he started his presentation at uh, TechCrunch disrupt was here's trello it's just a list of lists which is all it really is but it's very useful yeah, but then he went on to sort of demo how you would use it in like a you know, like a project sort of environment, and I think that that was where I was like, well, I don't really see how I would use this. But I mean, it is it's a, it's very flexible, not not at all wave like as I had initially tweeted. So <laughs> <laughs> I did. I saw that it was very it, it was it was funny to see that reaction from everyone too because we've been using since Fog Creek is downstairs from us. We've been we've been. Uh, dog booting as we call it trello for since i signed on and and well be- well before that um so at least since july 11th for me and so it's sort of become second nature i was like oh yeah i keep my to-do list on trello oh i'm gonna you know i wonder what alex thinks of what i'm doing i'll put it on my trello list and see if if he comments on it or whatever so it was it was funny to see everyone's uh, reaction once it was launched saying oh i don't need this oh or, or another productivity app or something like that and then kind of slowly the, the tide began to turn and the Twitters started to be like, well, actually, this is kind of cool, which it is. Yeah. So did you pull it up? I did, yes. Um, <laughs> it's funny that I, I can't really think of these things off the top of my head, but that's just kind of my the way my brain is. Um, we're looking at... Uh, it's interesting because we're looking at 
a few different methods of promotion. You know, one of them is, is big stuff like iPhone 5 giveaway or buying some ads. You know, we're looking at doing an ad buy on uh, the deck or on Fusion ads or something like that. You know, the, the good, th- those networks of ads where you get one ad, it's beautiful, it's a beautiful ad, it's designy, it's on a good designy website, everybody's happy. And then we also look at things um, that are less sort of broad and they're more focused, they're focused less on getting 100,000 page views and more on getting two new good users. Like I'm contemplating some sort of outreach for uh, to, to talk to the people who teach classes at Apple stores um, because I feel like those people specifically, not the people they talk to, not that they can advertise for us, but those people are people that we want to come be users on our site. So that's an example of something where I would go and talk to someone or reach out to someone somehow and say, you personally are going to come over here and soon you're going to be a 10K rep user um, as opposed to saying... I'm going to buy this ad and soon we're going to have a hundred thousand new users or something like that, which will probably never happen. But yeah, we actually have a, uh, a user. I won't say who it is, but we have a uh, fairly high reputation user on our site that used to be a, uh, an Apple. I don't, I don't know what exactly his, his, his position was, but uh, he worked in an Apple retail store. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely very, very useful people to have on our site. <laughs> definitely. They sort of know how it, how everything operates behind the scenes. And And a certain amount of credibility comes with it. It's like citing an Apple support document, except that it's not published. Right, right. It's like there was a a question that I asked about using gift cards for repairs. And the answer that I got on Ask Different was from someone, not who who used to work there, but someone who had the bright idea to call the Apple support line and speak with a representative there and and get the answer to my question for me, uh, which was, yes, it was the the answer that I wanted. But I was sort of, you know, I smacked myself in the forehead. Why didn't I think of that? I can call (laughs) the Apple support line and talk to a person, but, you know, nobody thinks of that. Whoa, crazy idea. Yeah, picking up the phone. Who uses phones? Don't we just touch the screen over and over? <laughs> I'm just going to blue sky this here, but... Okay. You, I don't know if you saw the other TechCrunch disrupt startups, but there was one... I don't know. What, what was it called? But basically, you could like talk about talk any to? business. Oh, talk yeah. to. Talk to, yeah. You yeah. could text any business, right? Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the thing. We have a pool of people hired by Stack Exchange that when a question comes in, and and it's something like, oh, we could just call Apple and find the answer. They will call and they will give the answer. What do you think? That's 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 fantastic. That'll take care of that unanswered list of questions immediately. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let's do it. I'll pitch it to Joel tomorrow. It'll be great. <laughs> like, yeah, Joel, we're gonna need uh, more office space. <laughs> we already do. Uh, we're we're hiring salespeople specifically who work on Stack Overflow careers, um, and also I think another. Another um, ads uh, banner ad salesman, but we're hiring salespeople so quickly that we are going to need to expand our office spaces relatively soon, which is great. But you know, it's getting it's getting crowded up in here. Sales for uh, careers is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've hired uh, two new careers representatives since I have been here, uh, and they're still interviewing for more. I think. So if you're a salesperson, you should apply to work at Stack Overflow Careers. <laughs> but do they sell anything else other than careers? No, we have uh, we have a team of one, two, three, four, five, six now, career salesmen, and then Danny Miller is our one ad guy. He's the guy who sells all the ad space on stackoverflow.com, and I think that he's working on hiring, interviewing and hiring someone else to kind of join him on that, but he's the point guy. Lots of Millers. Lots of Millers. We've got three Millers in the office, which is, it's it's cool. Yeah, initially when I saw that you were hired, I'm like, oh, I wonder if she's related to Alex. 
<laughs> I'm not related to Alex. We're all we're all separate Millers from separate clans who somehow found our way here. That's a pretty common name, anyway. It is. But I noticed you actually now have two Kyles. I only noticed because my name is also Kyle. So you keep track of our Kyles? Yeah, we have. I do. Yeah. We have Kyle. The uh, our newest Kyle is Kyle Cummings, the salesman who's actually on our Stack Exchange soccer team too. He was our star. He scored like seven points at our game last last week. Whoa. Yeah. Baseball jerseys for soccer players attending Jedi conventions. Yep. That, that's just, that's just the line that just kind of came to mind at the end of that <laughs> sentence. That's that's exactly what we have. All right, at least they're all collectively good groups. Mm-hmm. They're all things you'd want to be involved in, definitely. Absolutely. So, a few weeks ago, I think it was last week or something like that. There was we mentioned it earlier on the on the podcast the sponsorship of Ask Different for Fifty Two Tiger. Mm-hmm. And then earlier in the summer, we had the sponsorship of Daring Fireball. And I was wondering sort of what your, like, if you had some detailed numbers on those and if you could sort of compare the uh, sort of return on investment between the two. Sure, definitely. It's actually, it, it's it's a, a good topic to talk about because it very clearly demonstrates the, the two different theories that we can have about uh, the way we promote the sites. The first one being, you know, sponsoring Daring Fireball. He's got a gazillion RSS followers and, you know, he gets gazillions and gazillions of page views and things like that. And so it's a very high volume thing to do to sponsor his RSS feed. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do know that there's a pretty good, you know, a, a significant spike in the chart for the two days that his that he did his little plugs on his RSS feed and then also on Twitter saying, thank you, ask different with no space because of reasons that I won't get into. Because we like to make <laughs> Kyle angry here. We do. We do. <laughs> so that, that was an example of doing something that's going to get us just a ton of eyeballs on the site. Whether or not they stay, you know, it's obviously it's up to them, but that's, 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 that's a very high volume thing to do. The uh, example of 52tiger.net, which is run by a guy named Dave Kaolo. Kaolo? I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. This is his personal side project. He writes for the unofficial Apple weblog, uh, I guess, by day. And then this is his personal blog. So we sponsored it. His rates are insanely cheap, like uh, orders of magnitude cheaper than Gruber. And we got, I'm I'm pulling up the stats here. We got a grand total of, are you ready for this? 68 visits coming from him. Um, so it's that that that's visits wise. It's very you know it seems like it's very lackluster. It's disappointing results. But what that what that does is basically we're sure we're sponsoring his RSS feed. We're paying for his sixty eight readers to come over and click to us. But what we're really doing there is developing a friendship or a relationship with that guy because really we're more interested in him coming over and talking and and starting to answer questions on our site than we are in any of his readers. His readers are clearly all wonderful great people they're very you know beautiful and good looking uh but he's really the guy that we're interested in and so we gave him a little money sure we got a couple of random page views from what he did but the real result of that was that now i you know i've I've got his number in my phone you know he and i he and i have a dialogue now where i can continue to talk to him and say oh that was a great post that you did or oh i wonder if you could here's a question that keeps coming up on our site i wonder if you could do a, a thing about it or something like that so really we've paid to um to start to start a relationship with him more than we paid for actually uh, uh, the the page views that we got out of that. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And someone like you know John Gruber, I mean, he doesn't really sit around answering questions on Apple stuff. Um, I'd be surprised if he's ever answered a single question in the last five years for someone that's not like immediate family <laughs> or was, a very good friend. 
was looking it up a couple of weeks ago, and I think he's got an account on Stack Overflow that has one reputation, and I don't think it's even linked to a Ask Different account. I'm not. He he knows about us, but it's just not something that he ever really does. You know who we need? John Syracuse. Who is guesting on the um, main Stack Exchange podcast next week. I know. I'm so excited. I'm a big fan of his <laughs> hypercritical podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was actually, I was the one that sort of forwarded his name onto the uh, the, the meta post about, oh, who do you want to be on, have on the Stack Exchange po- podcast? And I'm just, I'm just glad that uh, other people wanted it and that he, you know, he was available and uh, he agreed to be on. So... I'm actually really looking forward to that. Uh, he's he he's a member on Ask Different, mm-hmm. although he only seems to really answer when Joel posts a question. So <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. You know, Joel has all these he, these famous friends, you know, powerful friends, and they all say they clearly know about Stack Exchange and Stack Overflow because they know Joel. But these are people that all have they have so much of their own stuff going on that they have they have way better things to do than just hang out on the internet and ask our questions about why won't my printer work with my Mac or whatever. You know, they they clearly um. They have bigger fish to fry. But that means for the more detailed questions or the ones that align with their particular subject matter that they make a great referenceable source. That's true. And we continue to learn these things from them and their writings and their podcasts and everything else. Mm-hmm. Have you yep. considered um, sponsoring his podcast? We have. Um, uh, we like, like was mentioned in the meta post, I think, Careers 2.0 has, um, has sponsored a few things on his podcast before. They haven't seen a whole lot of return from that. So that might be another example of we sponsor it and yeah sure we get a couple of page views but really it's it's just kind of trying to build the relationship with with him a little bit mm-hmm. um but we we sort of already have that relationship built in since joel uh since they they know each other joel and he so it's it's definitely something to consider it's not it's not at the top of my list but it's sort of something when i when i still have a bunch of money to spend and i've run out of things to do uh that'll that'll definitely be something i'll look into <laughs> that that seems to be a trend in stack exchange well we're not quite sure what to do when we have this huge overflowing <laughs> wallet what are we gonna uh, <laughs> we gotta figure out something to do with it i could, I could probably help you with that take some <laughs> take some of it off your hands for you how's that <laughs> Good problem to have. I think I've said that already, though. Definitely good problem to have. You know, we've got we've got this iPhone five giveaway coming up. I feel like we maybe need to you know get a couple extras just to make sure that we know how to use it. Exactly. <laughs> See if I can pitch that. For what it's worth, I don't have an iPhone. Wow. I don't. So maybe maybe I could be be given one magically. Magic. I I'll, I'll I have to look into that. I'm amazed that you don't. How do they How do they even let you onto the site? I don't know, man. I, especially Mr. Android user over there too. I mean, come on. Oh, it's not a phone. <laughs> it's still Android. There's another site for that. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> what what Android device do you have? I have a Nook for for reading. Okay. It's okay. Technically Android, but a very modified it could, version. It could be a lot worse. That it could be. <laughs> oh, I think that's the deepest zealotry we've delved into into the show so far. Yeah. We're surprisingly uh, restrained in that capacity. <laughs> to an extent. That's good. It makes you approachable. <laughs> <laughs> Unless someone starts talking about Facebook, at which point Kyle goes. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> I think at this point, if you don't hate Facebook, you at least kind of dislike it. I mean, I don't know anyone that just loves Facebook. You know, they're like, I know well, a lot of people. Well, I, I like Facebook in as, in as much as... Everyone that I know is on there, and I can communicate with people. But they keep changing things and privacy. Da, da, da. 
I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not Nathan's age. I'm not like nine. <laughs> Beg your pardon, sir. <laughs> oh. Meme this number two of the theme. Ask Different yeah. podcast has now come out in rapid succession. Uh, for the record, I am completely on Kyle's side in that Facebook updated uh, pres- uh, gradually over the last couple days, and all the changes they made pissed me off, so bye, Facebook. Overheard in class this morning was, oh my gosh, I hate the new Facebook. <laughs> if they change things one more time, I'm going to delete my account. In fact, I'm going to delete it today. No, that's not true, but I'm going to delete it if they change things one more time. I promise. It, it, it is it is kind of silly because they have a good they have a good... What are the best words to choose here? They have a good ecosystem. They don't necessarily have the best atmosphere, but they also have all of the users. All of my friends um, back in other states exist on Facebook. Surprise. I I, I don't even know these people's email addresses. Some of their phone numbers I don't even have. And so what Facebook has become to me, because I, I cannot stand the changes they made to the general stream, Facebook has become a a general communication method for me. I'll answer notifications. I have the Messenger app, um, the Facebook Messenger app on my phone, obviously all the same with my iPad, and then I'm perpetually on Facebook chat via ADM on my laptop when I actually have it open and I'm doing something, but to just treat it as like a casual browsing source, nah. That's interesting. I have the exact opposite experience with Facebook. The last round of changes, of big, big changes that they made when they first... I guess it was a few rounds of big changes that they made ago when they first did that thing where they transferred the little things in your about me. Like if you said, I like soccer and cooking, where it would the, the first time that they linked soccer and cooking to the soccer and cooking fan pages, like when they kind of changed that whole architecture around. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I did delete my Facebook account then. I, I quit cold turkey. I didn't just deactivate. I deleted and then I, I had to remember not to log in for a whole two weeks or else they'd reactivate my account for me and eventually yeah. was gone. Uh, and I was gone for about... 12 months, I would say. I didn't come back until I moved away from the city I had gone to college in, and so I sort of needed to keep in touch with people. So I created it. I moved back onto it very slowly. Uh, I now have way fewer Facebook friends than I started out with because it's only people who have really bothered to kind of seek me out or remember to refriend me. So it's not just, you know, everyone I've ever known since I started Facebook when I was 13 or whatever it is like that. Um, so I, I, I hardly ever use it for communication, and I mostly just use it for the traditional um, Facebook stalking of new people that I meet or people that I you know, oh, who did she marry or whatever, whatever that happens. <laughs> I do believe the term for that is Facebooking. Facebooking, mm, yeah. Some variety in there. I do a lot. Of, I, I don't do too much, actually. But when I do Facebook, that's that's what I use it for. So, Abby, do you have a, an opinion about the new uh, news feed and ticker and all that stuff? You know, I, I don't really, I didn't like the old news feed and I don't really like the new news feed. But, you know, going to one thing that I don't really like from another thing that i didn't really like it's not a not a huge deal for me it's i haven't complained about it on twitter at all so (laughs) speaking of opposites i made oh man i exploded last night yeah (laughs) and then of course you kept going back for various reasons (laughs) i i I have been back i have opened up facebook.com twice today and that's down from a much higher number believe me one of it was to seek out somebody to get in touch with who generally is not online with chat uh that that was actually the second occasion the first occasion was when i had originally went to do that and i realized that i had 11 or 12 notifications since my massive posts to twitter last night that the ios app decided not to notify me about so the first time i got caught up in you know just seeing what people had to say surprisingly nothing meaningful i don't think i had any comments to any of the complaints that i had last night 
uh, unlike every unlike probably any other situation ever but you know that's okay and less less conversing that i don't need to get caught up in and then as i said the second time i actually sought out a friend to ask her a question about something that's it and i i'm not going to open up the web page tonight i'm not going to uh ideally it's going to become a less and less frequent occurrence yeah i i have signed on to facebook once in the last six months or something like that i i I honestly don't know when the last time i signed on to it before was and that was uh to enter our contest to win a microphone (laughs) that you subsequently bought yes (laughs) but you you can never have too many i hope you're 40s (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah leo laporte would tend to agree with you yeah. leo laporte in the twit empire and that's why everybody should notice that kyle sounds much much better this episode well not that i sounded bad before but i think i i probably sound even more awesome now mm-hmm. additional five points to awesome yes and i hope it's worth it <laughs> <laughs> yeah ain't that the truth well I, ho- I hope it'll like amortize over time Anyway, so, um, all right. Drove that horse into the ground. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of getting back to our, our guest that we have on. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. I just stepped out for a minute, but now I'm back. <laughs> uh, so um, we touched on it earlier, but you are a, a Mac user. What kind of Mac do you have? I have a, a MacBook Pro. When is it from? It's from mid, mid-2009 MacBook Pro. Okay pretty cool yeah and i have a i have a time capsule also from that era uh maybe a little later i have a an iphone 4 a verizon iphone 4 that i just got in february which i i was a blackberry user before that because my work had given me one and it was it was totally seeing the light you know i'd been an ipod touch user before that but really i was like this is like an ipod touch but i also never have to use my blackberry ever again so <laughs> it's the best thing that's ever happened to me what else do i have i've got uh, I used to have an iMac. My my very first Mac was uh, an iMac, a 17-inch iMac that I bought in September of 2006. Um, I was a camp counselor that summer, and so my entire paycheck from being a summer camp counselor went to buying that first <laughs> iMac, which was which was great. It served me very well, uh, and I actually just sold it a few months ago. And or not sold it, I sent it in for recycling. You know, and they have the recycling program where they give you a gift card. And it was that gift card that covered the brand new hard drive in my MacBook Pro. So ah. <laughs> pay it forward a little bit, which was nice. So uh, you, you have a MacBook Pro. I do. Um, but you use a ThinkPad at work. Why not just bring it in? Uh, uh, long story. Um, it's actually not that long. One reason is that I just I don't like to carry a bag to and from work. I don't like to have to bring stuff with me. I just have like my wallet and my keys and stuff. The other reason is I don't know they they don't they don't have us using Outlook or anything like that but it's it's just sort of it's nice to be able to have a balance like this is my work equipment and this is my home equipment because especially working at a place like Stack Exchange there's sort of a compulsion to always be on the sites and always be checking your things and always just kind of always be on um, and we we are I'm, I'm salaried not not paid hourly and so uh, it, it wouldn't make any difference to the company if I did that and so I sort of I have to I have to compartmentalize a little bit say okay. At work is where I'm logged into all of my work accounts, and then at home is where I'm logged into all of my home accounts. And I know there are ways to do it, you know, use different browsers or, or different keychains or things like that if I wanted to use my MacBook Pro. But it's just, you know, in my head, it's totally psychological. It's nice to, to have that separation. Okay, so you don't you don't view using Windows at work as some as like a handicap or a 
<laughs> something you, know, you hate. I, I really did for the first few weeks. I've kind of gotten used to it. Uh, these these this this ThinkPad that they got us. It's got this horrible trackpad that's like, it's it's got it's nubbly. It's got these bumps all over it. Like someone decided, oh, you know what's wrong with these trackpads? They're too smooth. Let's make them <laughs> It hurts to use them. Uh, and so I used that for a while, and then they, they got us external mice and keyboards and docks and things, which which make it much easier. So I, I did hate it at first. I really did hate it, and it was, I sort of dreaded coming in to use it every day, but I've gotten used to it. Windows 7 is, is it's fine. You know, it's not Windows Vista. It's not Windows Vista. It's not too buggy or terrible. It's something that I've kind of learned to use almost intuitively now. Uh, so it's, yeah, it works. Yeah, last I knew, if you, run in, if you run into any stores that sell laptops and you just kind of walk through the aisle, yeah, some of those alternative trackpad designs why bother why would it, why would you oh. ever do that? i don't understand it like the shiny metal ones that have like various patterns of bumps on them like if, if any if, if nothing else don't the various patterns distract you like even if they don't impede your ability to move the cursor they do doesn't it <laughs> least... you, you, you can just stop the sentence right there they do, uh, uh, right, the, they two, do. the two the two that i've seen that aren't some kind of a smooth surface be it glass or just kind of dropped plastic uh is the the ridge the bumped ones like abby mentioned and then i saw this like i don't even know if i could really do it justice in the explanation there were just these horizontal bars that were rigid plastic like think think sandpaper but really thin and there were maybe 20 rows of these in the trackpad it it was it's just the weirdest thing i had ever seen in computing in in laptop control mechanisms ugh I decided that was a good idea. I I don't even know. It's like it's like they're trying to tell you a story in Braille while you're while you're using your. <laughs> that would actually be a kind of cool feature, but then you'd have to learn Braille. That's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you have any uh, apps that you might uh, recommend, or that you use that you like, or uh, Mac apps preferably, oh. or 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 iOS, either one. Yeah, you know, Windows. Wi- I don't think there are too many Windows users that are listening to this. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what I would recommend if you wanted me to recommend a Windows app. I don't even know ugh, anything about that. One one thing that I've that has been cool about working here is that I've I've also you know I, I on on Twitter and things I'm stalking a bunch of game developers, which is how I discovered the iOS game called Goat Up, which you guys might have heard of. Um, it's it's one word, Goat Up, and it's exactly what you would think it would what would be. It's a, a little game where you have a goat. And you try to make the goat go up. And it sounds stupid, but it's kind of the best thing that's ever happened to me. Ever. Of course, how smart does slingshotting birds that make terrible squawky noises sound? Exactly. So in, in Goat Up, you kind of you walk back and forth and you get to chomp on the grass and you find things in the grass sometimes. Uh, and then you jump up and sometimes you, you play a, a lady goat and sometimes you jump up and there are uh, uh, dude goats who are hanging out on platforms. And then you get to kiss the dude goats and then eventually you have kids. So you have this little this little chain of baby goats that's following around behind you while you kind of dodge enemies and jump up and up and up. And uh, I think the more I talk about it, the weirder it sounds. But it, it really <laughs> It's it's just a fantastic. <laughs> Actually, sounds kind of cute. I'm looking at the screenshots here. It's sort of a the graphics are kind of retro, you know, two D kind of pixelated. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah, and then as far as um, as far as other apps, I'm, I'm I'm looking at my home screen right now, trying to trying to tell you what the main apps that I use all the time are. Instagram is one of them. I'm a huge Instagram user. I love it. I, I 
am totally incapable of just taking a normal picture with my phone nowadays. I have to stop and I'm like, oh, I got to frame this and what filter should I use? And I got really up in arms today because the new Instagram update took away one of my favorite filters. It's pretty much the much like goat up is the best thing that's ever happened to me. This filter going away is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I live my life in hyperbole, so that's pretty terrible. As, yeah. <laughs> I also use Agenda as my main uh, calendar app which also got an update which is uh it's nice it's slick and it's 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 just so pretty and it makes me want to look at my calendar which is something that has never really happened to me i'm like oh you know calendar whatever i have things i'll just remember them in my head and then inevitably i forget things but this this makes me actually want to keep track of the stuff i have to do well cool wow so we got we got three apps from abby recommended apps recommended my my plugs these are stack exchange recommendations (laughs) You, you can take that to the bank definitely You've mentioned it twice now, and I'm just kind of curious. Uh, is there anything personal, professional, or uh, well, I guess personal and professional are the two classes? To what extent are you actively actively involved with the actual task of game development outside of just the site, the, the fact that you do chaos work for the site? Uh, very, very, very not at all. That's not even a sentence, <laughs> but very not at all. Um, I'm, I'm not a programmer in any way, shape, or form. I have very little technical knowledge, uh, so I'm involved in the development of games in that I play games, but I, I have little to nothing to do with the actual development process. So it's been fascinating for me to kind of latch on to the community of people who talk about game development on the internet and learn you know, kind of why people do things, why things are scored the way they're scored or why rooms are set up the way they're set up and sort of, sort of things like that. It's an interesting mix of, you know, storytelling and programming and then psychology and things like that that people have to put into developing these games. So it's totally, totally fascinating to me. And the result is goat up. The result is goat up. (laughs) Can't stop making that goat go up. Yeah, I have to say, I, I was skeptical about the uh, game development site. I, I was like, well, you know, what is not covered in Stack Overflow and gaming? But it turns out there's a lot that goes in, that's involved in just sort of like the, the peripheral creation of a game other than the actual programming itself. It's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting mix of, you know, Stack Overflow and also graphic design almost because there's that whole other art aspect to a game that's also covered on game development. Um, so they've managed to kind of carve out a, a, a niche for themselves that, that's working very well. Yeah, and they've got Abby working on their side. So, I mean, how can they lose? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that actually is a pretty good combination of sites to have under your belt, developers and then the the apple site that development is off topic for and then to uh it's probably not too much of a surprise how the beta tester matchmaking service came to mind yeah it was actually first brought up in conjunction with the android site so i actually had nothing to do with it oh uh right off the bat but we were we were talking about it in one of our roundup meetings and it was alex miller who i think first had the idea when he was talking to um sam brand who's who's uh in charge of the android site and i kind of raised my hand and i said i've got a site this was before i had game development as a site so i said mm, i know another community of people who'd probably really be really jazzed about getting to test other people's new apps so then the the, the beta program was sort of born well we're looking forward to seeing how that progresses yeah me too <laughs> so you have ask different you have game dev are there any sites that are not private nor public beta the things that are still in proposal and commitment stage that you're really looking forward to oh that's a great question both, I have, both personal and professional if they differ sure definitely i have um uh i put them even in my in my profile on on my stack exchange account there there are three 
proposals that I'm kind of watching very closely. I'm either committed to them or I'm following them if they're not in commitment yet. And those are uh, theater, boating, and the great outdoors. I was a I was a theater major in college. Actually, I trained as a stage manager. So that's that's definitely something that I'd be very interested in talking to other people about. You know, I, I don't do it anymore. I quit on purpose, but it's still something that you can never really kind of kick out of your brain. So I would definitely spend a lot of time on a, on a site about theater that I would do as a user. And then also, I think I would have a lot of useful things to do if I were to ever, you know, chaos that site or ca- whatever the verb is. <laughs> chaos it up. Yeah, I'm going to go chaos it up over on <laughs> Exchange or, or whatever. So that, that's one that I would definitely be very interested in. I think we talked a little bit of it. I, we, we've had these conversations between amongst ourselves, but then I think we covered it a little bit with Jen and just kind of the things that communities can do to really ramp up the production content of their sites and not questions. How awesome would it be to have something featuring theater users on a theater stack exchange site? Some kind of a general, some some media production that comes out of techniques asked and learned on that site. I think it would be it would be super awesome. That's actually something that we're sort of dealing with right now on the Chaos team. I don't think uh, I don't know if it, if it's been decided whether or not a this is full speed ahead happening or b if I'm supposed to talk about it or not. But I'm going to anyway. We have two comedy writers on our team, uh, Brett and Katie. Both both um, are comedians who are very good. They do improv and and comedy writing and stuff like that. And they're working on putting together a little. Um, sort of a demo intro video for the Stack Exchange Network as a whole. That's going to be just kind of something we can send to people as we're promoting sites. And they're like, what the what the crap is a Stack Exchange? Didn't you mean Stock Exchange or something like that? And we can say, no, 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 look at this YouTube video. So they um, they are very kind of clued into the, to the A, comedy, and B, just kind of technical uh, audio and video production of how to, how to make a video that would be super cool. But that that's... The, the type of thing that we would love to see other people do too, if they can, if they can do it well. And I think that if we had a community of theater people using our site, that they would be able to come, come up with like, I don't know, stack exchange, the musical or something great. <laughs> yeah. The, the amount of cross-site promotion, the amount of cross-site production, uh, it's only natural when you cover all of these topics, but you have uh, theater writers, you can even delve into English and then audio video production to really put something down. And then you can get all the people on homebrew to uh, make the, uh, refreshments that sounds like a great party (laughs) sure to send out invitations absolutely i'll get the graphic designers to design them yeah sort of speaking of that i don't know if there's like any future plans for meetups but i think that i'm just going to sort of throw my opinion out here but uh i think that this sort of completely hands-off approach with the meetups this past spring either april or something i think it was kind of mismanaged because it was sort of expected that well it was a it was this fixed day so it was like everyone is meeting on this day no matter what even even if it may have been more convenient for more people to meet on a slightly different day and b other than fixing the day people would just go on the site and then it would say start a meetup in your area and then you know you would okay i'll start a meetup here and then there's like no one around that joins it unless you actually live in like new york city or Boston or San Francisco or something like that. Um, I think that if there was an actual like official kind of like, I mean, I, I realized the conferences were sort of similar to this, but I think if there was an actual sort of an, like an official presence, maybe not like necessarily anyone employed by stack exchange, but if they were to actually put on something, if they were to rent space, if they were to, you know, pay for drinks or something like that. And then, you know, sort of really be, be clued into, you know, the, the people in that specific area. And then they say, okay, well, we have 30 cities that we're meeting up in. Click here to sign up. 
I think that that would probably be a better approach, and I probably would have gone to one of them. But as it stood, it was I basically had the choice of going to one, well, going to one in Boston, which is a two-hour drive, and I didn't, I mean, I didn't know anyone in Boston. I didn't, I didn't know anyone that was even involved in putting the meetup on, or you know what we would do, um, or staying home. And I, I decided to stay home just because it didn't seem compelling. I just, I think that there's sort of a middle ground to be taken between a $500 conference that's held in four cities and just a million meetups held by, you know, three people in, you know, Saskatchewan um, and, and in other places. Uh, I just think that, you know, there's, there's some sort of happy medium between the two that, uh, that, would, that would be more successful than either. I think that's definitely true. And I think that's, that's a, that's a direction that Joel is starting to move into, you know, after he had to announce the kind of dismal epic failure of dev days of the $500 conference. He mentioned, I think in that same blog post or meta post or whatever it was saying, okay, so we're going to try and try and shift our focus to smaller meetups. You know, they're still going to have, they're going to have a stack overflow in this case, stack overflow presence, um, but they're not going to be, you know, it's going to be held at a bar. We're going to rent out a room or something like that. It's not going to be a huge production. And while, while we were reading that post or while Joel was talking about it on the podcast, there was kind of everyone in chaos in the background going, Hey, we could do those for all the other sites too. Like Joel, don't forget about us. We have this whole other network other than stack overflow that you can do things with and do things for. Um, yeah. So that's, that's definitely something that we would like to look into. It's we're sort of, sort of starting it with the more, the more academic sites, like with stats and English and music, we have uh, Seth and Lauren and Laura are the chaos agents uh, allotted to those sites. They're starting to do something similar to, if you remember, Google's Pizza Ambassador program on college campuses. They actually took a bunch of time off this afternoon to go and distribute flyers on a couple of New York campuses saying, look, we're looking for people. Do you, do you, you college student, you statistician college student, want to be a Stack Exchange ambassador? All you have to do is, you know, you talk to us, we'll help you set up an event, we'll find you a space, we'll give you a bunch of free pizza for you to get together with your statistics homework group or whatever it is um, and start to kind of you know, you, you'll you'll hear about what Stack Exchange is because we're giving you all this pizza, but really it's just a chance for you guys to do whatever you statisticians want to do. I don't know what statistici- statisticians do for fun. Um, so that's sort of <laughs> an example of a meetup or a user group that's more in our 80% external facing sort of purview. But those are also definitely things that we could, those are recipes that we could easily translate to throwing a meetup for, for any old person, any old, any old, you know, Joe Stack Exchange user or whatever it is. I like the pizza idea. The the Seattle meetup was held in a bar, so I wasn't really invited. <laughs> yeah, we do we do have a lot of a lot of nine year olds that use our site. I guess they're not nine, but, but he's yeah. not nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a nine year old. <laughs> no, but we do we do have a lot of, uh, on on especially maybe not especially the academic sites, but a lot of, on a lot of the more technical sites. You know, we have a lot of young programmers and young people getting into game design and and who are you know they're high school students or they're early college students so they can't come to an event that we throw in a bar but they sure can come to an event that we throw on their college campus so it's a direction that we're moving in that would be that would be pretty cool and if there was actually like a meetup held at the stack exchange office i think i might i might want to attend that i attended the uh the the meetup that was held at the fog creek office last last year I think it was last year. That was pretty fun. Got to meet, you know, Stack Overflow developers and users and stuff. And I think that now that the, the community's grown into all these Stack Exchange sites, that um, it would definitely be more diverse. And I, I would really like to take a look at uh, the new office in person. 
Yeah, yeah, it would be super, super fun. And that's also, again, that's something that we're looking into for our 80% external that could easily translate into our 20% internal because um, Laura, who also works with photography, is looking at finding, um, um, I don't remember what his name is, but there's a certain photographer who's kind of, he's a, a big photographer or, or medium-sized photographer who's active on the internet. And she's going to have him come in and teach a class. That's the, the, the venue for the class that he's teaching is going to be, I think, the Fog Creek offices because they have that beautiful, th- that beautiful dining room with all those big windows. And so she's going to use that as a venue uh, to get people to come in and just, you know, here's this free class that you can take from this guy who knows a lot about photography, but, but having meetups in that way, either for external people or internal people for our, our satellite sites, if you want to call them that, is uh, yet again a idea that we're moving toward, definitely. And um, I noticed that there was there was a post about sending members to uh, conferences based on the, uh, well, the site that they're on, so programming conferences for people on Stack Overflow. I, I just didn't know if you know if there were any conferences that you know you would send people from Ask Different to. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely the the thing with the conference policy. I don't know if it's even a policy, but Jeff Atwood is pretty pretty insistent on it being a, a community. The community gets to decide what conference they want to go to. So it's not like uh, a chaos person or a community team person comes in and says, okay, we're going to send someone to this conference. Who wants to go? They have to sort of come in and say, okay, so we have the ability to send you guys to conferences. Is someone interested? What conference are they interested in? You know, let's talk about this. So it's kind of, it's got to be a little more uh, community generated. And it's also, it's also more, I think, in the purview of the community team. But it's one of those things that sometimes, you know, it might be a little easier to get in touch with a chaos team member than it is with a community team member. So we're happy to kind of, uh, start facilitating that with the community team as necessary. The ultimate irony in all of that is that WWDC is a big pro- is a big programmers convention, and programming is off topic on Ask Different. WWDC is also really expensive. It's like what twenty five hundred, right? And, and then also the fact that the turnaround time between communication and getting the set it would already be sold out by the time that. By the time that any of us even sent off the initial email, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, there's the- WWC. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, who wants to go to WWC 2014, I think, is what we'd have to say. <laughs> well, it almost have to be like Stack Exchange would just have to, like, you know, as soon as the tickets were available, just buy, like, five or whatever, however many you can afford, and then just, you know, after you get them, you know, figure out who to distribute them to. Yeah, dole them out that way. We're just signing Stack Exchange up for all of this stuff. I know. <laughs> How much money do you have? I can I can spend all that money. <laughs> <laughs> Save some of it, you guys. We need we need free pizza here too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, well, Abby, I want to thank you for coming on the Ask Different podcast. You can find us on iTunes by searching for Ask Different podcast. Our show notes and an RSS feed are available at podcast.askdifferent.net. We'd like to hear from you, so please email us at podcast at askdifferent.net. It can be anything. You know you. Uh, you like the show, you hate the show, you have ideas of stuff you'd like for us to change, anything. All right, thanks for listening.